Before Crude Conversations existed, Alaska journalist Ammon Swenson produced a podcast called CrudeCast. It lasted for about four episodes, and among those episodes was a three-part series called Outrun Your Demons. In it, Ammon tells a story many of us can identify with. It involves our friend Ryan Earp, a guy with a heart of gold, but at the same time, had a tendency to get in his own way. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the Crude Magazine Patreon subscribers. If you already subscribe to the Crude Magazine Patreon, thank you. For those listeners who aren't, please consider subscribing at www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. That's patreon.com slash crude magazine. And pick the subscription tier that works for you. I want to thank everyone subscribed at the company man tier. These are the people who have subscribed to the crude Patreon for $50 or more. Trina Duber, Seward Brewing Company, The Grind Coffee Shop in Juneau, Derek Adolph, Blue and Gold Board Shop, Sharon Liska, Alaska Surf Adventure, Aquila Space, and Northern Knives. Thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. Your money and your support make these conversations possible. You can also support this podcast with a one-time payment at buymeacoffee.com slash crude magazine. That's buymeacoffee.com slash crude magazine. And if you have a chance to rate or review Crude Conversations on Apple Podcasts, please do. This episode came out in 2016, and Ryan has since turned his life around. He's clean and sober, happy, and recently married. So here's part two of Outrun Your Demons. All right, let's just cut right to the chase. I'm Ammon Swenson. You're listening to The Crude Cast. This is episode two of a three-part series I call Outrun Your Demons. If you haven't checked out the first episode, go back and start from the beginning. All right, now that all the newcomers are gone, let's get you back up to speed. When Ryan was 20, he decided to leave his hometown in Anchorage, Alaska to try to make it as an actor in LA. On his way through Canada, he stops in Fort Nelson, British Columbia, around 1300 miles into his drive. That's when he starts making some bad decisions, mostly fueled by alcohol. After drinking with some oil workers and racking up a sizable bar tab, he bails and heads out of town. 45 miles of drunk driving later, his car goes off the road and he breaks his axle. Unable to keep going, his folks pick him up and tow his car back to Anchorage. Undeterred, he figures he'll try again, but this time, he wouldn't do it alone. Yeah, um, I figured, you know, if I have somebody with me, he'll keep me in check, you know, he'll let me know when I've had too much to drink or maybe drive, you know, if I'm unable. My whole problem is I don't have a lot of self-control. So my idea was bring somebody with me. So I called up my buddy Mike, and I said, Mike, let's go. We'll stop in Fort Collins and visit some friends, and then I'm going to continue on to L.A. Do you want to come with me? He was like, hell yeah, I do. So I was like, okay, we're leaving Friday. At the time, Mike didn't really have any solid commitments and was down for an adventure. He was busting tables, but had broken his collarbone and was taking some time off to heal. How'd you break your collarbone? <laughs> um, well, I actually was defending Ryan's honor <laughs> in a... Uh, like a fight over some girl, I think. Like I was backing Ryan up for some reason and some kid like flipped me over and like 
landed on my collarbone. Just like total non-fighters who like never fight got got in a fight with these like this jock crew over some girl that Ryan was seeing and I took the brunt of it. (laughs) Mike was mostly healed and about to go back to work but a road trip sounded more appealing. So a couple of weeks after Ryan's first try the guys pack up his newly repaired 94 Nissan Altima and head out on the road. After about a day or so they get to Fort Nelson and decide to stop at a Boston's Pizza for some dinner. Side note, it seems like everyone I know who's driven the Alcan has stopped here. Anyway, they go on for some food and a drink, just looking to relax after the long drive. Ryan leaves Mike at the bar and goes outside to make a phone call. Seconds after leaving the building, a car rolls up. It's Ryan's old buddies from the last time he was in town. These four dudes are not stoked. They jump out of the car and walk over to Ryan. And one of them, who is really, really large and really intoxicated at this point, grabs me by the throat and slams me up against the wall of the Boston's building. And it's like, you fucking left us with that fucking bar tab, man. And I'm just like, holy shit, dude, guys, I am sorry. Like, I have money in my wallet right now. Let me, you know, just let me give you some cash. I'm sorry. It was like, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I'm just, you know, rambling, just word vomit, just coming out of my mouth, trying to get myself out of this situation. And meanwhile, this dude still got me by the throat up against the wall. So I reach into my wallet, you know, and he, he backs up a little bit, but he never drops his I'm going to beat your ass demeanor that he had. I pull out my wallet, and I'm carrying a lot of cash on me at this time. So I kind of tilt it backwards towards my body so they can't see how much is in there. So I reach in my wallet, and I pull out three 20s. And I'm like, how does 60 bucks sound? And they're like, yeah, that's good. And they grab it out of my hand, and they're like, you're lucky we don't beat your ass. And I was like, yeah, pretty lucky about that. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'm really sorry again. And so I'm, like, shaking, you know. Adrenaline is just pumping through my veins. I'm thinking, like, what the fuck are the chances? You know, actually pretty good, because two weeks on, two weeks off. It was their dude's last weekend in town. It took me two weeks to get back on the road. They're going to be there. You know, and Fort Nelson, I don't, is, you can drive from one side to the other in about 15 minutes. So really, I guess the chances of running into them again were probably pretty high. Um, but so I walk over to the hotel and I make this phone call to my parents and I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, everything's great. I, you know, me and Mike just pushed all the way through the Fort Nelson and my mom's like, you sound like you're a little stressed out. And I was like, oh, I'm just tired, you know, but I'm just so freaked out about what just happened. Like, I could have gotten the shit beaten out of me by these dudes. Like, they were full-grown men. I was still just, like, a hippie with long hair at the time, you know? Like, I had been in a couple fights, but lost both of them, you know? And, like, it's not... I was not ready for this situation at all. In the meantime, Mike's hanging out, completely oblivious to what's going on outside. Just, like, drinking a beer, like, God, I'm hungry, hurry up. And he's, like, getting beat up almost outside. Ryan comes back in and is pretty shaken up. Mike's like, what's up, dude? You could just tell by the look on my face, you know? Like, what happened? So I lay it down for him, and he's like, holy shit, like, like why you were just gone? I was like, yeah, in the 15 minutes I was just gone, that happened. He was more freaked out than sorry for himself. He's all, I deserved it. At this point in the trip, a little well-deserved mugging wasn't going to stop Ryan and Mike from having a good time. They went to the bar where Ryan got drunk for three days while waiting for his folks to rescue him the last time he was in town. You know, why not? 
Fucking stupid. Like, just full of dumb decisions at this point in my life. They meet a couple of guys and have some drinks. They're having a good time and decide to hit up another bar. So we move on, and we're walking down the road, and, like, we're singing and stuff with these guys, and we're all, like, drunk already. Um, yeah, Rolling Stone, dude. <laughs> on the cover of a roll of Rolling Stone. And we're just, like, belting this song out, dude, like, all four of us. We had just met these guys, like, an hour before. After the four of them swing by Ryan's car, one dude heads off, leaving Ryan and Mike alone with this guy, Jason. They decide to hit up the next bar. Apparently, Jason looked like Mr. Clean, bald and manly. And up until then, he seemed really cool. But after a while, Mike and Ryan started getting sketched out. And we're walking with this dude, and as we're walking with him, we start to learn a little bit more about this guy. And, like, everybody's kind of drunk by now, and Jason's getting weirder and weirder. Turns out he's fresh out of jail for murder. He starts talking about the other brutal crimes that he's committed that hasn't, yeah, he hasn't been caught for. Um, he's talking about raping people in jail. And me and Mike at this point are just fucking losing it. What was also unnerving to the boys was when Jason, the murderer-rapist, gave some hints about being down for some sex. Possibly with them. So I think at this point, me and I are both on the same page of like, dude, we gotta like shake this guy because he's just gonna get us in trouble and like, this is just weird. We were probably hanging out with him for a solid four or five hours. So I mean, in the first hour and a half to two hours, he was the coolest dude ever. And then... The more drunk he got, the more we started to learn about his real person, and it was just not somebody we wanted to associate with. At this point, it's around 1 a.m. or so. The three of them stop at an indoor ATM. While Jason's distracted, they make a quick plan. So me and Mike go outside to have a cigarette, and we're like, yeah, dude, I think we should probably ditch this guy. And uh, Mike's like, yeah, I'm totally in. So he flicks his cigarette, and we just take off. That like, look back and Ryan's already, like, sprinting around the building. I was like, oh, crap, like, wait for me. Jason steps back outside. Ryan and Mike are nowhere in sight. And he starts, like, yelling our names and, like, trying to find us. Mike! Ryan! Where are you guys? The guys double back to Ryan's car. You know, we dip behind this building. We're walking, you know, kind of slyly, like, peeking around corners, making sure he's not waiting somewhere. And we're just, like, talking about how crazy Jason is and, like, wow, like, should have ditched that guy a long time ago. So we're walking towards my car, and as we're walking up on it, you know, we're kind of, we're in a pretty good mood. We're like, yeah, we just, we just ditched this guy, you know? Like, yeah, we made it. And then as we walk up on my car... We notice Mr. Clean is in it. He's in my fucking car. Ryan, like, stops me and, like, puts his hand, and he's like, dude, shh, be quiet. And he points over, and Jason is just, like, rummaging through our car, like, going through all of our stuff. And so we jump behind a dumpster that's maybe, like, 30 feet away from the car and Jason, and he hasn't noticed us yet. They start freaking out. Don't have our cell phones. They're in the car. Like, passports are in the car. Ryan's whole, like, everything he owns is in there, dude. And we're, like, middle of Canada. They decide they need to stop him. But this dude's a killer. And he just got out of prison. And he's big. Mike's five foot six. 
I'm 6'1", but I weigh 150 pounds. You know, I'm a twig compared to Mr. Clean over here. Not to mention Mike's barely healed collarbone from the last time he got into a fight. And all I have is a pocket knife, and Mike grabs this 2x4 out of the dumpster, and we come up with this brilliant plan, all right? We're just going to run up on him, and I'm going to stab him a couple times in the leg, and Mike's going to hit him in the head with the 2x4 just to knock him out so that we can jump in the car and run. You know, and get out of there. And we're like, whew, whew, you know, like getting amped up to do this. And I'm like, and Mike's like, how hard do I hit him? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I've never hit anybody with a 2 by 4 He's like, but I don't want to kill him. I was like, I know. What if I hit that main artery in his leg and he bleeds out? You know, so we're just freaking out, you know, freaking out. They decide to go for it on three. And as we're counting, like, all right, ready? One, two. We see this couple walk down the sidewalk. The guys run over to them and lay down the situation. And the guy comes over to Jason and starts, like, stalling. He, like, asks him for a cigarette, and he's like, oh, man, like, what happened to your window? Because he, like, broke the window of Ryan's car on the passenger side. And he's just, like, talking to this guy, stalling him, and his girlfriend is calling the cops. Seconds or minutes later, depending on who you ask, the cops show up. And Jason looks at him and just gets out of the car, like, puts his hands on his head and gets down on his knees. The guys come out from hiding and watch the cops arrest Jason. They just end up, like, putting him in the back of the cop car, and he's, like, yelling, like, Ryan's name, like, outside the cop car. He's like, Ryan! Like, help, man! Like, I thought we were cool. So then the cop grabs all this stuff and brings it over, and is like, all right, this is the backpack he was wearing, which was my backpack, which had both of our laptops in it, um, both of our passports, Mike's uh, birth certificate, like all of our important information, some money, um, which wasn't ours, but we took it anyway. Um, they emptied his pockets and everything, too, and um, laid it all out. We took his gum and his money. The cops try to help the guys out with a place to stay, but it was probably around 2 in the morning by then. The guys end up pitching their tent right there in the parking lot of the bar where the whole mess started. Not just this time. Apparently the same bar Ryan bailed on two weeks earlier. The guys had been to Fort Nelson for less than 12 hours and had narrowly avoided what could have been multiple beatings. As for their earlier plan... Definitely would have failed and probably would have beat our ass and like raped us or something. The guys were getting life lessons all over the place. Let's not hang out with random crack addicted like murderers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> pretty valuable lesson you know don't just trust people immediately you know like because we this guy i had considered him my homie at this point you know like we had been kicking it with him for a long time and then all of a sudden this dark side of him comes out and then he breaks into my fucking car and tries to steal all my shit and it's just like holy fuck dude you just you never know who you're dealing with you know the next day, the guys patched up the window with plastic and tape, but ripped it off after it turned out to be excruciatingly loud when they drove. The general attitude at that point was like, let's get the fuck out of Fort Nelson, dude. This place sucks. Like, Ryan was just hating Fort Nelson. <laughs> like, it's the bane of his existence at that point, I think. They hit the road minus a window, hell-bent on getting to Colorado. We went like 72 hours straight or something. But then... We pulled into Fort Collins, and then it felt like, fuck yes. <laughs> the guys crash with friends, and Mike ends up staying in Fort Collins. A couple of weeks later, Ryan heads out. Took off to L.A. all by myself this time. Um, 
I just with this 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 sense of like, like wonderment and awe and like fuck and just so stoked that I'm going and doing this now. You know, like it took me. I was partying for two weeks in Colorado. I don't know what the fuck I was wasting my time for because this feeling of driving to LA to do what I've always wanted to do was like it was just incredible. It was like overwhelming how happy I was. When I finally rolled up over the hill and could see LA in the distance, I put on The Chronic 2001 and listened to it until I got to central LA and I just parked my car um, and walked around downtown with the biggest smile on my face was when it was like, wow, man, this is something else. You know, from Alaska to LA, LA is fucking, that is a city, you know? And I was out of my element entirely. Check back for the final chapter to see if Ryan can outrun his demons in the city of angels. For Crude Mag, I'm Ammon Swenson in Anchorage.